What's cracking, everybody? Welcome to the Cat and Cloud podcast. This week, Jared's gone. He's in Disneyland. He's on vacation. He's with the fam, nursing that broken rib, having the best time ever. Just go ahead and follow him on Instagram and check out all of his exploits, which leaves me all by myself. So I had to call in backup, and boy, did I get some pretty savage backup. This week, I sit down with Nick Vargas. Nick is an artist. If you've ever been into any one of our cafes or seen any of the murals on social media, Nick Vargas did all of those. He paints, but he cut his teeth on all kinds of art. He's also a tattoo artist. A bunch of people on staff have Nick Vargas work. Nick is one of the most humble artists that I've ever met. He's super respectful. He really wants to work with people to make these things just come from nothing and explore. It's, it's like not about him, you know? He's got his own style, but it's not about him. I don't even know how I'm trying to describe this. I love to sit down with artists because I am kind of the biggest wannabe artist ever. So I think that people who can actually earn a living doing their art, I think that's one of the most amazing things ever. So this one's great for creatives, great for people who just love weird stories. It's great for the world. I'm gonna go ahead and claim it. I'm gonna shut up. Let's get into it with Nick Vargas. The Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is sponsored by Steeped Coffee. Steeped Coffee is a new brewing method that combines specialty craft coffee into a single serving bag. You don't need a machine. You don't have to make a mess. All you have to do is add hot water wherever you go. Each steep pack is individually sealed. It's nitrogen flush, so it stays fresh. And it's got this special full immersion filter. And the filter is ultrasonic sealed, which means it's sealed together with no glue or no staples. So there's no weird stuff floating around in your coffee. Steeped is a benefit B Corp. They ethically source all their coffee. Their packaging is fully compostable. And they believe that business should be done without compromise. You can get your hands on steeped coffee packs at steepedcoffee.com that's s-t-e-e-p-e-d coffee.com asking your local retail stores to start carrying steeped or having your favorite roastery reach out and kind of get in touch if you're in santa cruz come on by any of the cat and cloud locations we have it there for you basically they're just doing their best to change the coffee industry make your life more convenient with their pre-portioned pre-ground innovation so tell all your friends you know i come from a family of artists and i, I feel like i always felt like the imposter too do you know what i mean because i felt like i was never as good as them but i started realizing in high school that was i had no choice so it's one of those things i think you have to give yourself no choice and just do it kind of like thing go you know? go all in with it or whatever <laughs> yeah. i have an older sister and you know pretty epic artist she's one of those just naturals that just picks up any art whether it's craft knitting graphic design computer whatever you know and she's always natural at it i remember we got a piano once and we had my dad came home with a piano from a friend's house and she just started playing piano not even oh. reading how to read music or anything just started playing and i remember i was always kind of jealous of that and i always was a little bit more physical got into skateboarding at a young age and got into the graphics of skateboarding and i would always try to draw you know i was, yeah. I was skating at like six years old and dang and i was always trying to draw you know uh, the the graphics you know i would see on the back of the boards and then um i think i i feel like it was after you know i always doodled i was always that kid in the back of class drawing and that's the only way i can kind of pay attention you know um being add and you know um and just kind of uh i felt like the only way i could learn was just to sketch and I, I never really thought i would take it as a career um because i felt like i just gravitated towards more of a um you know sports or some kind of physical related stuff but then um yeah then i just realized after high school i just had no other choice you know i've i've actually flunked high school art because i just wanted to want to do the really? assignments in high school i did the same thing with photography yeah. To where in high school and at community college, both, all I wanted was access to the dark room. Yeah. And we would have this 
all these assignments to do and i was like i'm not doing any of this shit i just want to take pictures of skateboarding right and develop them in the dark room yeah and i kept getting f's and they're like what are you doing like, yeah right you're not doing anything i was like I don't know. that's pretty much what happened like my my sister had the art teacher because she was in you know a couple grades above me and the, they they were friends you know what i mean so my sister would always like drop in and like they would hang out and go get coffee and the teacher was a super sweet person but uh when she had me, I think she thought I was going to be one of her best students, like my sister, and I was the opposite. I just wanted to, like, draw on my sketchbook, draw graffiti, oh, and right. draw little, you know, like, characters. So she had the family expectation. Yeah. Like, oh, the Vargas is real hard. Pretty like, much, yeah. yeah. And then she was like, Nick, you're, fu you're fucking up. You know what I mean? You're just, you're here every day, but I'm going to have to flunk you. And I remember I was to the point where I was like, I totally got it. I was like, yeah, you should flunk me, but I still want to show up here because I still feel inspired to draw. I just don't feel inspired to do your assignments. And I felt like that's kind of what led me into my career out once I got out of high school, I started doing um, tattooing because I felt like I kind of had to find the art that was maybe more taboo. wasn't really just like in the classroom. I didn't really want to do assignments, but I still wanted to do art. And it's like when I got into the art world, I didn't want to do art that everybody says you have to do to be fit in society. I, I did an art that wasn't part of society. It was kind of like an outskirt, you, you know, or something. Do you know anything about how they teach art now? Because I'm thinking about me and photography. We're close to the same age and like... I'm sure they teach it so much differently now. There must be like a bigger awareness. Do you ever dive back into that world? Yeah, you know, once in a while I'll do like, uh, I'll drop in on like Cabrillo and I'll do like a figure drawing class and stuff, but I don't do it for a grade or anything like that. I just do it to get like um, maybe a community of meet some other artists that are my age and then, um, or, or, or older or younger and then just get inspired and maybe learn some tricks I didn't learn before. And has so the instruction like evolved with the times because i mean kids have access to so much more than we ever did i would say yeah i mean there's younger teachers now probably yeah. you know they kind of probably maybe grew up with a lot of the same influence that you grew up with right but i feel like um i feel like for me it was this maturity i feel like i look at it differently being older and being a little bit more mature not thinking i'm the hottest shit there you know what i mean yeah. and, <laughs> you know it like uh, i guess humble myself a little bit because i realize there's you know the grandma and or the you know 18 year old kid that's crushing it and i'm not even close to as good as them you know and i put so many more years into it and i think that's good to kind of humble myself and push myself you know that's interesting like when you say when you this is kind of tangential but sure. when you say like you're not as good as that 18 year old person yeah. or whoever in an artist's mind like what are you looking at to identify like who's good who who's not good because it seems yeah. like so much of it is up to like stylistic interpretation and what do you want to see yeah, you know, for me, it, maturity, you know, because I think it's just like maybe with skateboarding culture when you go skateboarding with a friend and you get kind of embarrassed because maybe they're better than you. And sometimes, I don't know, I know that's how it was with me. And sometimes it would be like a competition and sometimes it would be a little bit on my side because I was never as good as them, a jealousy competition. And then I kind of, as I got older, I realized that uh, it's good to have that competition and kind of reassess yourself so you stay, you keep pushing yourself forward like never be your never be satisfied kind of thing but always still want to do it you know because you gave yourself no other option but also realize it's it's good because what's good what you see good in other people sometimes isn't necessarily your strength do you know what i mean and sometimes you realize you have to practice on that or right. uh yeah or you don't want to do their style you just respect it but when you're younger i think it was jealousy you know what's your perception when you're sizing up other artists or digesting other people's works do you are you looking at something like technical skill or are you more interested in like style and in the way it makes you feel yeah i think that's that's how it is for me you know like um so i've been tattooing for 22 years and there's there's 
a lot of people in my community that are technicians and then there's people in my community that are artists you know what i mean and i think we're all tattoo artists right but some some of the technicians don't like to say that they're artists they say they're tattoo art they're tattooers they're not tattoo artists because they're more about the technician the um part you know um the technique and all that and i feel like then there's people who are artists that care a little bit less about you know the machines running you know everything's sterile i'm just going to do my job and for some reason i connect with those people more because i see it and i look at it and there's more life to it when they right. do a tattoo or you know when they do a painting artists you know aside from the technical side i, I think i like it a little wonky a little kind of like not super well put together because if i if i look at some of the like the paintings in the cafe yeah. and for everybody listening we'll put some links to your instagram awesome. in the description so people can check out some of the art um there if you're looking at it from a purely technical aspect like you've got a big bank of things that you can pull from right as an artist right so it doesn't look to me like you're going all out with like putting every piece of your like quote unquote technical skill to use in each painting necessarily right yeah i mean it depends on the painting you know it's um usually you know i've kind of got my my personal style down to what what i know what i like and what i enjoy and what i can yeah i guess uh you know when i complete when i complete a painting i want i'm happy with it and it's fun but i if i get more ideas after i complete that painting to do another four paintings then i know i did my job in my mind i'm i'm that's when I'm happy. It doesn't really necessarily matter how good it is, but if it inspires me to keep doing more. Right, know? right. And I'm not trying to say that they're like the ones that are, I don't even know the right word to use because basic's not the right word to use. Yeah. It doesn't mean that they're not good. It's kind of like if, I don't know, analogous to, to skateboarding or whatever. Sure. Like someone could do the craziest trick, right? You yeah. could be like big flip back tail, kick flip out, and it could yeah. look kind of weird. And someone could just do like the most perfect kick flip. And you're like, right. that's awesome awesome like the trick's not hard but yeah. everything about it made you feel a certain way yeah it seems effortless maybe or it, something yeah, yeah it just looks right you're like yeah. damn that looks right like, yeah i want to i want to get on some of that so uh, the transition from high school like failing out of high school yeah. art to to finding tattooing how did that happen yeah you know so i i went to um i took some art classes you know um in junior college during high school and then uh i went to art school for a minute and then realized that I wasn't gonna I wasn't a good student you know what I mean I was kind of doing that for my parents and I think I realized I got to a point where um I needed other options you know I didn't really know what else what I was good at I knew I just wanted to be creative you know I just didn't know you know now that I'm older I know there's so many different variables there's so many different like any kind of art I or any kind of business mind like if I get into let's say the tech world or if I get into the coffee world, I realized there's a lot of creative outlets in those worlds. Right. But when I was younger, I didn't really realize that. I thought I had to be a fine artist. Well, the world wasn't structured how it is now. Yeah. And I think it's probably hard to relate to if you're a digital native and you didn't grow up when we grew up. But like, yeah. like if, if you rewind, rewind to when we're in high school, yeah. there's no internet. You yeah, know, it's not like we're going to school, getting online. There's no social media. There's no Facebook. There's no. There's none of that. Right, you have pagers. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. If you're a baller, yeah. you know <laughs> right. what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Like, yeah. I didn't have my first cell phone until after high school. That's how I was. Yeah. And like all the like the the fresh homies had pagers. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, I'm about to get a get get a pager. Yeah. I remember one time I went to the pager store because my mom didn't want me to have one, and I bought just like the case. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I was wearing <laughs> the case because I thought I was like all fresh. I'm like, right. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't hooked up or anything. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even activated. Totally. But you would hear about these jobs where it's like you can be a lawyer or you can be a fireman or you can be 
an accountant or you can be an artist and yeah. artist meant fine artists it's right. like people that draw those kinds of pictures or do those kinds of paintings yeah yeah and like the there's no exposure to even a lot of the street art that's going on like you had to go somewhere to get exposed to that stuff i remember yeah. the first because you know we grew up in the valley central valley so our big trip to the city would be like going to san francisco right and yeah. through that community and the community of skateboarding was when we started to realize for me, I was like, oh, there's other stuff out there. Yeah. Like, there's, like, this whole different world, and that was that was kind of crazy. Probably, like, stuff like – I was the same when I went to the city. You know, even though I grew up in Santa Cruz, but I grew up in the mountains, so it was a little bit, like, detached from anything cool. Like, right. even – there was no skate parks at the time when I was a kid. There was no real graffiti going on. You know, there was no, – there was – the cool thing is, is, I guess, what led me into what I'm into is that – um, maybe I'm just putting it together now, is that there was a lot of – bikers you know what i mean and they all had really th ratty gross tattoos that i kind of just thought were really cool yeah and i think i i remember being I, I remember dropping out of you know school and it just was like well i could probably do that i was getting tattoos and i was like that could be a business maybe until so something else comes along and i figure out what is the next step i think i was just starting to get into graphic design like doing computer stuff in school and then i was kind of i took some programming classes and coding and i was taking some like engine or yeah engineering classes but also like illustrative related and um i think i started realizing i could take this and maybe move to the city you know and i could probably like make a run with it yeah you know but i didn't really i didn't really have any friends that were you know sometimes we have a friend that kind of steers us in a direction because they're going in a direction they're you're like oh, i'm an artist you're an artist you do graphic design i can see you're making a living i'm gonna jump on that right i didn't really have that i felt like i was the only one kind of doing that i'm all my friends all my other friends were like either dropping out of school and moving away or they were like living on people's couches and just yep. being beach bums which is awesome too it's just that wasn't for me it's a different know? thing yeah, yeah yeah but um yeah you know so i think uh going to the city was definitely that was like more of a school for me so like, how do you get into like a like ted like you say you don't have anyone who's like your mentor shepherding you in like you just show up at a place or? yeah i was i was doing horrible at school and i was getting tattoos and the guy was tattooing me and um just asked if i wanted to you know if i needed a side job because i was complaining about school and i was like this is not going right i'm probably gonna drop out and i'm probably gonna just gonna like keep doing it and just owe a ton of money shit do you know what <laughs> i mean and unfortunately uh, you know um well unfortunately for my parents i end up dropping out but fortunately for me the guy offered me a job and it was just going to be a shop guy i was just going to like mop the shop and sweep the shop and answer not phones, doing work do all the crap that he doesn't want to do yeah. you know um and i was stoked on that i was 18 you know but uh or 19 18 19 and then um what happened is that the first day i showed up i had so many friends thinking i was an apprentice that first day and i was mopping the shop and sweeping and he was tattooing and uh, all my friends showed up i probably had like six friends or something show up and they all wanted tattoos and i remember i was like oh no no i'm i'm, I'm only the shop guy i'm not not apprenticing you know and then the guy kind of looked at me and then he looked at because he was this old biker dude and he looked at my friends and i think he just saw money you know the money signs popped in his he's eyes. like here's six people who could be getting tattoos yeah. right now and we yeah. can rake it in a little bit he didn't bit. care about quality so and he's super we're still friends he's super cool but he's just you know he's an old timer he got brought up in a different era and he was just like pick up a machine and start doing it so charge your friends did you, you know? do it that day yeah no yeah. shit <laughs> yeah yeah and to this day those are the those are the mm -hmm. tattoos that people like to show off when they come into the shop you know even though i've done a thousand other newer tattoos on them they want to show the ones i did the first day That's and they're they're embroidered it's, it's it's embroidery it's like 
it's so raised off the skin that it's like a permanent scar. It's not even. Wow. <laughs> and that's just because you went in too rough. Oh, like, way didn't too know deep. How to, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I remember there was like, I was like a half hour into it in the machine because I, I wasn't used to this heavy machine in my hand. It was so heavy that I was, it was, I was supposed to be tattooing like, you know, right side up, but it was so heavy that it was like upside down pretty much and ink was dripping out the back end of the tube, which, you know, is what you hold on to when you're tattooing. And I remember, you know, you're, you're fighting yourself because the ink's not going in the skin it's falling out the back. So it's going all over my hand. And it was just, what were you was thinking? Horrible. Like, oh, I can't even imagine. I'm kind of scared of needles anyway. So yeah. it's like the whole thing's foreign to me, but going from drawing on paper or yeah. canvas or whatever to like putting a needle into someone's skin like what was that feeling i don't like? know if you ever like put your foot in your mouth or anything like that but like i mean i'm sure we all have done it you know and i think it was one of those things i knew was a total disaster but i it was way too deep into it to even stop yeah even if i i was trying to stop i was trying to tell myself to stop but i just couldn't it was like outer body experience <laughs> you know <laughs> you're just like i'm committed to yeah this 100%. and i think the first year was like that like Dang. every tattoo i did for the first year was crazy did he after that did you guys work together or was it more just you figuring it out yeah we, we worked together for about a year and a half and then um i had an opportunity to move to los angeles to work in a like an all traditional like um um like japanese style tattoo shop where the two people one lady was from japan the other guy was from la and they were it was a private studio mostly by appointment and it was all like really they were just paying attention to the Japanese style of tattooing, right. the aesthetics of that. I was never really around that. I would think I was just around like old street, like biker shops. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, um, and you know, kind of grungy. And then I went to this really clean kind of perfectly OCD laid out shop. And, um, and I just had an opportunity to go work with people kind of really knew what they were doing, but in a different, you know, there's, there's enough business to go around for different styles of right. shops, you know? And, um, I just never worked in that type of environment. And, I think the the one here in town, I just needed to move away. I needed to kind of go, like spread my wings and go try a new new shop and kind of new things. And uh, I worked there for about a year, and it was awesome. But I was not good, and I didn't get any business, and I didn't know anybody in LA at the time. When you say not good, <clears throat> what do you mean? Like you didn't know that style well enough then? Or? I couldn't do that style. I think I was hired to kind of maybe do the walk-ins, like stuff that they didn't want to do. Got you. You know I me mean? because they were way too busy to do any of that. Um, and I didn't really understand that. So I did it. But the unfortunate thing is because it was a private shop and you literally had to ring a doorbell to get in. Um, okay. It's like a speakeasy. Yeah. So nobody, shit. nobody, there was no walk-ins, right. you know what I mean? It, so it was one of those things. I think I did like one tattoo in like three months and I was just living How old on were the, you at this time? I was like 19, 19 20. 20. And I was living on the people's couch because I couldn't, I didn't make enough money to actually get a place. Yeah. So I started working part-time on Hollywood Boulevard with some friends, um, which was a crazy shop and the crazy stories. And you know, you, you start at like five in the afternoon and finish at three in the morning. Shit. So I started doing that That's two days a week. Shit. And then I started working in Santa Barbara two days a week. Cause I met a guy who worked there, um, who had a shop in Santa Barbara. So I kind of bounced back with just, you know, chasing the money, I guess. But I eventually started, I moved to Santa Barbara cause I realized it was just, I was busy, but it was a slower pace of life. And after a couple years in Los Angeles, I was just, um, it was just too fast of a pace of life for me growing up in Santa Cruz. Right. I needed a little slow down and kind of, yeah, it's a big gap there. Hunker down, you know, and really just focus on like the, you know, the person. I just, I guess I wanted just to slow down and really focus on my clients and really get to know them and only do one or two tattoos and then have personal time, you know, and kind of get back to like skateboarding, get back to surfing. At you this, know? at this point where you, 
kind of accepting tattooing as like, all right, this is my career, at least for now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I always had, a, I feel like I always had the imposter sy- syndrome, you know what I mean? Where it's like you get into something, you just fake it till you make it. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, I'm 22 years into it and I still feel like I'm faking it until I make it kind of thing. I still, I mean, I know I'm not nervous. I'm confident and I know what I'm good at. And I know what I'm bad at now, which is good. But, um, I also, uh, I feel like I'm my worst critic. I'm never going to feel satisfied with any pieces I ever do. And I think uh, it's one of those things. So I always feel like I'm always learning, which makes me always feel like an imposter a little bit. But um, I realize that's a good thing, I think, you know. Like it keeps you hungry to keep doing your best work, yeah. keep doing more, like make each one better than the last. Yeah, it or? keeps you humble, keeps you hungry. It, um, it keeps you, uh, you know, um, it keeps you progressing instead of, Right. getting you know you're not I, complacent about it yeah i think that's what happens with a lot of artists in particular they get a style and then they start making a ton of money off that style and that's all they do and eventually they stop growing and they of course they'll, they're making good money but i think every artist at least everybody i know even successful ones they start getting grumpy and they actually feel guilty because they're to the point where they're like yeah this is all i'm doing every day and i'm making a living and i'm putting food on a table and paying for insurance but i also i'm not creatively satisfied I don't know how it works in the tattoo world, but I have this theory that like even if you are crushing it like that, you got your style dialed in and like you're at the top of your game, that's all you do. Like yeah. whether or not you move forward, like the world's gonna move forward at some sure. point and then you're gonna be just like you're just gonna be sitting there like I was tight. Yeah. Like five years ago. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I was dope. I could see it happening a little bit with coffee in this weird way to yeah. where like the world that we're in right now like if you rewind 10 years ago people are just like i would just love to have a proper cappuccino yeah wherever i went and now we're at this place where you can kind of get a really good cappuccino or a good espresso at any major city for sure in the u.s right like multiple times over and good coffee's creeping into the small towns now we're almost at that point and i think there's like another evolution that's about to happen that, yeah like pretty soon places that we thought of as specialty over time are just going to start to look like those cafes from the 90s right you know they're not like, progressing they're right? not progressing yeah. like some of them are going to be sitting there doing the same thing and yeah. i don't think anyone's like aware of that because it's still new enough but i'm i'm always thinking like okay what's going to happen in 10 in 10 years yeah. like because i don't want to be like central perk and friends or yeah. you know insert whatever i think cafe. it's really important to like like even an art you know like to like whether it's tattoos or graphic design or painting or whatever illustration is, I feel like it's always good to like set up challenges for yourself. So you keep progressing because like you said, the world's going to keep progressing. If you're not, then eventually you're just going to get stepped on or overlooked. Yeah. Shit's moving. Yeah. Was it, how long did it take you think before that initial nervousness kind of subsided before you were like, you know, like your first day you're rolling Uh and you're like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm going to just lace your arm yeah. up and like make it nasty as fuck. Like, you know, what's crazy is I feel like I still have that. Like I just did a guy's, a friend's knuckles yesterday. And I was like, it's been a long time since I've done that. And it was like one of those things I was still, I was, I was confident to do it, but I was still nervous about it. Interesting. You know I mean? yeah. yeah. But it's, but it's, it's like a, it's a, it's one of those things I've done them a thousand times. So I'm, it's like, I like that. I like that feeling. I like that feeling of like kind of, being a little nervous and kind of just being like, well, I hope I don't destroy this. Right. You know? <laughs> like, so you're just like em- embracing that, maybe yeah. taking that as a sign that you're just like excited about it or yeah. something like that. Like, well, I think it's like when I did the mural for you guys, right? It was one of those things I haven't done a mural in like <laughs> since graffiti days. And I think it was one of those things I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And I remember the first day I was there, I was so like nervous and shaky. And I was like, I'm going to fuck this up. I'm going to destroy it. You know what I mean? They're going to be bummed. They're going to have to paint over it. And it was like last minute to paint it and i remember i sp- yeah <laughs> every time i've 
every time we get together to talk yeah. about the painting <laughs> stuff, I swear you've said like, yeah, and then if you don't like it, you can just paint over yeah, it. Right? It's yeah. like, that's like your line that you drop. And I'm yeah. like, dude, it looks it's, so fucking good. That's like, my nervous nature. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of a trip to for people that are listening. I mean, look at the pictures. Like, your shit's amazing, dude. It's oh, like, okay. it's bananas. Like, especially, I mean, it's all good, yeah. but that mural, like, changed that space. Yeah, yeah. Well, for sure. If people are like, tripping off of it, like, yeah. people talk about it all the time. And it's funny for me as an outsider, someone who's, like, really not an artist and, yeah. like, to look at that and think that the dude that dude did that was kind of like tripping on it or yeah. a little insecure about it or yeah. had second guesses about like whether or not this would come out. Yeah. Cause if I didn't know you and I just walked in and saw that, yeah. I'm sure people are thinking like, damn, whoever did that's on point. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that person, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. That person's yeah. a pro. Like, right. Yeah. For sure. No doubt in my mind. Like Fake that's, it till you make it. That's you know? definitely <laughs> not a weekend warrior. You know what I mean? Right. That's like, that's certified. Yeah. So it's crazy that there's l- little bits of that still within you. Yeah. Like years and years and years down the line. And I, I think it's like kind of encouraging. Yeah. I think I, you know, I, I remember I started, you know, I was tattooing for a long time and I started wanting to show my personal artwork, kind of get back to what I was doing before tattooing. And I, I show it at a coffee shop where I met you guys a long time ago. Um, don't need to drop any names. Oh, but yeah, no. We, we yeah. Reverb, yeah. yeah. It's all good. And it's all just, love, yeah. Yeah, and I did some graphic design for them, and it was, like, really cool. But it never really went further than that, but it led into other art shows. And then I kind of did little art shows here and there, and I started doing little graphic designs because of that assignment. But I met, actually, Jared was the first person I met to kind of, yeah. he was the guy who were like, hey, if you want to show your art, you got to show this guy. And if he, he likes it, then you can put it up. And I remember I brought, like, a little, you know, floppy disk or disk down or whatever. I was like, all right, my art's on here. And I remember he was just like, we were just chatting. He was like, I don't even need to look at this. Put it up. It was Sean? No, it was uh, Jared. Oh, yeah. oh, you, oh, okay. You yeah. brought the CD to Jared. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. Gotcha. And I think I t- was talking to like Sean and an, an, this guy, Lucian, that was working there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, um, they were like, yeah, if you want to show your art, you need to talk to Jared. Oh, got bring, you. They're telling slice. you to bring it to Jared. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, he was like the manager. Yeah, and I think <laughs> at the time, I think it was just like Sean and Jeremiah's art. And I started putting up my art there. I don't even know if Jeremiah's art was up then. I think he had a few pieces. Oh, I mean, did he have I remember the, meeting the him. elephant pulling the ship, maybe? Yeah, that, yeah, big That ones. was, like, the iconic yeah. one, yeah. And I remember I started putting up small ones. But, like, the first day I put up my art, I sold one. You know, and I was like, oh, this – it was, like, it was just one of those things I was like, I'm just going to – because in my business in tattooing, like I said, there's technicians and artists, and usually there's more technicians and a little bit old-timers, and there's a little bit more of a very judgmental crew of people. Even though I love the business – you know, I was, I, and I think it was my own insecurity of being like, I should never show that I do other art outside of tattooing. Mm, actually, like it, I should only show tattoo flash. Like it'll make you like less legit in the yeah, tattoo world yeah. or something. But finally, you know, I had a kid and I was just like, you know, fuck, I'm just going to do it. I, I was going to this coffee shop all the time and I was like, I'm just going to like put it up there. And the first day I did, I, I sold a painting and then I started, I did like a sweatshirt design. And then I was like, oh, I could do this. I, something can happen. And then you guys opened something. And I remember throughout the years, because I went to Santa Barbara all the time. I remember Jared was always like, I got a secret project for you. Yeah. Something's going to come up. And then it was like last minute, like, okay, here's a secret project. You got two days, you know? And I was like, oh, great. Man, you (laughs) saved us on that one. That was pretty real. But it was rad, you know? It's it's crazy how things take off like wildfire. I think when when I decided at that moment when I put up my art a long time ago to be a little bit more transparent about what I'm into and what I like and who I am as a person. So if I'm a person who's a little nervous but still confident to do the project, I'm just going to show that. Instead of being that person who's, like, overly confident 
and then people are like, oh, I like I like his art, but he's kind of a cock. He's kind of a dick. Yeah, yeah and I, I don't want to be that person to be like overly confident. I want to be like, yeah, I'm a little nervous. I'm a little, but I'm gonna I'll make it work. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. You're you're always super respectful, and you're like, yeah, whatever you guys want. And yeah. I'm like, well, whatever you want. Like, well, I know aesthetically what you guys are into is like what I'm into. If it's one then, of the things you're like, I want like a black metal, you know, image on the wall or something like devil stuff. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I'm the right. guy. Like, let's get weird and cute and fun. You know? And I, I think I think with the new store is where we kind of knocked it out because with here where we're sitting right now at Portola at the OG. We were in full panic mode. Yeah. So we're yeah. just like, bring in anything. I don't care. Right, right. Like, do whatever you want. Okay. And it, it totally worked, but it was super fun with Aptos to kind of sit down and like talk about the mural yeah. and be like, okay, here, this is what I'm picturing. Yeah. This is the feeling that I think we're kind of going for and help help interpret that. That was yeah. super rad. But, um, Oh, what was I gonna say? Oh, was the sweatshirt the, the dude with the diamond? Yeah, yeah. And was the ice cream cone on it too? Oh. Or no. No, I don't think it was. I think that was the original painting. Okay. Yeah. So that painting, that was my favorite painting ever. I remember, I did, yeah. I asked you if I could buy it, but you were keeping it for your kid. I think you no. sold it later, though, or something. I think I was like, yeah, I'm not sure, because I think when you asked me, there was somebody that was already hit oh, me up yeah. about it. Um, I actually ended up selling that to some crazy high executive guy from Google. Bought it. Dude. And it led into, like, he set me up another art show in San Francisco, and I ended up selling all my – I brought all these paintings, and I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to price them fair. But not ridiculous, but I sold every single one. I was like, I should have priced these things like, like crazy. Through the roof. Yeah. Dude, I love the – so this is what I took from that one. I love the imagery. So I'll try to describe it as best I can. Did the dude have a mask on, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's this guy, this figure with a mask on, almost like a ski mask, and yeah. he, like a burglar kind of thing. Yeah. And he's holding this huge fucking diamond. Like yeah, the diamond's yeah. like the size of his torso. And then on the ground, like off to the side, there's an ice cream cone that's, right. that's like tipped over and it's kind of running out like it fell on the ground. And the dude's looking at the ice cream cone. And when I saw that, what I was thinking in my mind was like, like my interpretation was you could have all of the money and the fame and the power yeah. you know, or whatever in the world. You could have that diamond. Yeah. But if you're not like doing what you love or doing what you what you need to do, it doesn't mean anything. And sometimes yeah. something simple like, man, I got all this shit. I just want this, like, ice cream. I just want to be, like, that kind of happy or whatever. I think that's great. I think it's, like, subconsciously maybe that's what it was. Because I think I was just painting it, and I was, like, probably broke at the time, and I probably wanted ice cream. Like, and I was, yeah. like, I'm just going to put all this shit together and make it look cool, you He's know? like, I'm balling out of control. But, yeah. man, I just want those simple things like friends, family, yeah. ice cream. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. That's why I was, like, so into that one. I was, yeah. like, dang, this thing's tight. I don't, you know, I don't even know what it was about i think it was just one of those things i um i had a reoccurring character that was drawing all the time yeah that i just um painted and then i i remember putting it up and i was like i bet you that's the one they're gonna tell me to take down because it has a ski mask weird thing and i don't know you know yeah. it's one of those things it was a little edgier like minimally edgy yeah, yeah yeah so almost like a gimp looking mask but some people called it which is kind of a bummer oh I was like, like an snm kind yeah, of thing or something. Yeah, and yeah i was like no it's not not that like don't get weird on me no, you know to me it looked like i mean with the with the mask and the diamond, I was like, oh, he's like a burglar. Yeah, that's what I was. Like, that's exactly like, what I was going for. He's a diamond thief or whatever kind of kind of shit. It yeah, and I think all. he had like a track like a tracksuit on, like an Adidas like <laughs> yeah. mafia tracksuit or something. Um, yeah, that's yeah. Was proper. That yeah. thing went off, dude. And that led into a sweatshirt design, you know. And I think uh, there was uh, like a small limited run, but I still have to this day people tell me that they still have that sweatshirt. Yeah, yeah, which I mean, is it's good. Like, yeah, it's good awesome. Shit lasts forever. Yeah, so I'm stoked on that. You know what I mean? Um, and that led into like, 
it took a little while because I think it, it was a little bit. I had another kid and life just got a little busy and it was a little slow because um, I don't think I was like progressing or, or, or even trying. Um, so I was just focusing on my day job. And then um, and then you guys opened this new store and all of a sudden so many other projects came about it, not just in the coffee world, but, you know, CrossFit companies to beer companies to, you know, um, which is cool because now I feel like I have a 50 50, like 50 percent tattooing job and i have a 50 percent graphic design job which yeah. is kind of cool what is where do you see the the line or the difference between something that's like graphic design versus like some of the murals that you're painting for us or like the art that's up in the cafe like do you consider those graphic design yeah yeah because i feel like i'm I, if it's in i'm sure there's a broad spectrum of graphic design right you can talk about like illustrative design or you could talk about branding or you could talk about all this stuff and i feel like it's a little, you know, it's me, but it's also a little bit of branding. You know what I mean? I feel like when I do a painting, it's catered towards, like, especially you guys' mural. I, I, it wasn't just all me. Like, we, we came up with a concept, an idea, and then we kind of went from there. So there's a little, it's me doing it. It's my aesthetics, but it's definitely branding, help branding a company. And I felt like that's actually rad. It's a challenging for me to, like, also slightly hold back and not just right make it all about you yeah it's not all about me it's actually for somebody else too you know yeah that's that's a that's a good perspective it's like that service-based perspective yeah like make it right for the people yeah and i feel like you know tattooing is like that too you know people come to me for for my style but i definitely they're still wearing it they're still kind of right directing it a little bit you know what i mean um if they aren't directing it too much then i just call it you know and i think i would do that with a mural if it gets to a point where i, I can't stand behind it because i feel like it's yeah i'm you know it's probably for coffee maybe even if if you can't stand behind your product, then you just don't want to do it anymore. You have enough experience and time in the business that you're like, it's not a, it's not really about the money, even though you need to get paid and you have people, you, employees that count on you. But you're like, I also need to stand behind a product. That's why we're, we're where we're at. Yeah, there's that. that fine line. And I think it's less about because people are always like, do you know, do what the market says or like follow the market. And that can kind of take your soul in a weird way, yeah. because the more you do things for other people, and then the opposite end of the spectrum is like, well, you're in a service-based industry. You need to do what, what other people want or you're not yeah. going to have a business. But I think it's more about finding your squad and, like, finding people that you will mesh really well with. Like, finding the right people to work with. Yeah. And that's that's the key. I mean, when I do graphic design, it's usually just me. But I have a handful of people like Kevin, Ted Ball, right. and stuff like that who've done stuff for you guys and, you know, other places. And um, I don't think I've ever asked him what, what he thinks, but I have people I definitely know look at my work and I'm thinking of them when I'm doing it, even though I'm in my studio by myself. So I feel like I kind of have them as like my cheering section of like, right. what are they going to think if I draw this or whatever? And that kind of keeps me motivated because um, I'm by myself. But when I, when I tattoo, I work with a really good crew. We just, we hire the right people to influence each other, um, even though we have our moods and moments. But right. we all are producing good work. We're all individually different, but we're all like, like can stand behind each other because everybody's good you've talked about that before where the the culture of the shop is super important yeah and it doesn't necessarily matter like you could be really really good yeah but still not fit into the fold and you might have to go tattoo somewhere else well like, yeah i was like listening to a podcast of the guy who started instagram one of the guys and uh he was talking about like they had a thousand different things going on in their business and their prototype or whatever. And they realized I just needed to do the simple thing first, focus on one thing and just make that really well done. And then when they do that, hire a smaller crew, but the right people. Right. And I feel like that's exactly what my shop is. It's like a smaller crew and it's all the right people, you know what I mean? And, uh, and that keeps, and we all just, I mean, some people are more complex and my stuff is the simple thing, you know, but I feel like you kind of find your style, but if you can have the right crew under you, then you, 
you can go on vacation and realize the shop's not going to get burnt down. Or if you're not there and somebody comes to you for a certain piece, you know, like, I can't, I can't do it. I'm too busy for a month or two. You know, somebody in the shop, I can push that business off to somebody else in the shop and I know they're going to do a good job. Right. You know? And then, so are you, how does the structure of a tattoo shop work? Are you like the quote unquote owner no. or is it more of like a salon style yeah, thing? There's a founder, right? right? And I feel like most shops I ever worked at was like a percentage based thing. You, you know, you pay a certain percentage of um, what you do, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but now we're the last few years, which is kind of, it usually doesn't work because artists are so quirky and weird and tattoo artists usually move around every two years. And, but because we've all, you know, I've been there for 15 years and every, you know, the person who's been there the least has been there at nine or 10. So I think it got to a point where we're like, this is all pay rent. And so we all just pay rent and we just make sure, you know, we're all responsible to get the rent covered and it's working. It's one of those things. It could easily not work. So is the founder in there doing work? Yeah. Or? Yeah. 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 Okay. I, I think he's working a little less because he's older and right. has a kid. But, you know, that goes that goes in waves. Sometimes he's probably there more than us. So, And I feel like I'm just as guilty. Sometimes I'm there a lot less because now I have other responsibilities. So, But uh, I'm also there a lot too. You know what I mean? There's times where I feel like I've worked in seven days a week for the last, you know, couple months, you mm -hmm. know? But then I'll then I'll take off for a week and not feel guilty about it. And then you were, I don't know if you're still working on it, but you were working on a kid's book at some point Yeah, my with your wife. Yeah. So she's a writer. We met when she was in college, she was uh, an English lit major. And, um, so she's a phenomenal writer. Um, she wrote a couple stories, but I feel like I've illustrated them, but they just, um, life just gets busy. We got yeah. two kids, you know what I mean? And it's one of those things like I'll draw something and usually it's me. I'll, I'll want to make critiques on the design and, um, the, the stories are there. I'm sure she like wants to modify the stories a little bit, but it's one of those things I just, I design it and then I, you know, want to modify it and then I never get around to it. And then six months later, I realize I, I'm going to get around to it and I don't want, I need to redesign all of it. So it's one of those things like, I think we're going to do it. It's just, uh, you know, things get put on the back burner, you know, work, day job takes priority, mm -hmm. you know, besides kids and family and stuff like that. And then, um, and then graphic design, if I have projects like whether it's with you or other people, um, that takes priority. So I feel like, uh, you know, once I get free time, sometimes it's like, I'm just going to do what I want to do, you know, right. my own thing and veg out. I don't want to do anything, even if it's for anybody, you know, was there a point in time when you realized that you were never going to have a regular job? Yeah. You know, I fantasize actually every year, there's always a moment in the year where I think I'm just going to quit and get a nine to five and just get benefits and just clock in and clock out. I still think that every there's like probably at least one day a week I'll have a an hour at least of feeling sorry for myself that I didn't choose that perf that way of life. But um, you know, I, you know, I come, you know, my dad was a pretty successful engineer and he would um, he would always, you know, he made good money and he just I remember him just telling me I'm sure he would probably like if I was a little bit more stable in my life. I mean things are good, but it's I think that's in the back of my head where I'm like, um. You know, if I had insurance and I had that, I mean, we pay for insurance, but if I had a job that provided it and stuff like that, it would just be a little easier just and just show up and work and go home. There's so much um, other things that go on in my in the graphic design where a lot of meetings, a lot of stuff before you even start getting paid and stuff like that, right. at least in my world. Um, that's I, you know, it's easy for me to feel sorry for myself. And then I realize I'm like the freedom is what I, what I want. And yeah. so it's why I didn't get that type of job is because I wanted freedom. Cause my dad would always complain about, yeah, I make good money, but I'm in a cubicle all day and I have five different bosses and 
you know, I don't really have freedom. I have to like, if I want to take vacation time, I got to put it in a month or two before and doesn't mean I'll get it. Right. You know? Yeah. I have those feelings too. And uh, sometimes it lasts for like a couple of days at a time and yeah. I have to break it down towards like, it, and it comes down to the same shit. Cause I'm like, fuck dude. Yeah. I remember what it feels like to go to work and then come home and then you're done mm-hmm. and you don't have to think about it. Mm-hmm. And there is something super attractive about it, but, and then it's, like the rest of your life, I, I'm like, dang, I don't know. Because here, in some way, shape, or form, I'm, I can control who I work with. Yeah. You know, I don't hire directly, but like we have a really rad team that brings in people that are dope. And I can choose kind of what I want to work on. Right. Which yeah. is nice. And I don't know if I could go back and have someone be like, cool, you do this for eight hours. Yeah. And like have a great time. I think that's what's cool about taking the risk of just doing your thing right there's always a risk that it won't work out but the cool thing is is like like you were saying how you're into art you can put yourself in the positions that you want to be in and fail if you fail and if, and and do good if you do good and it's one of those things but if you don't that's how i am i'm like now it's like if i want to start let's say my friends you know my friends are you know whether they're engineers or graphic designers sometimes i'll get an interest in something that's totally outside of my realm but as long as i do something creative I'm like, I'm just going to do it. Instead of go work for a company to go do it, I'm just going to go do it. Yeah, just, You know what I mean? I'm just going to go do it and start it myself so I could be one of the founders. It's not really about the money, but it's more or less I'm going to put myself in a position that I want to be in, and I'm going to learn. Because I'm the type of person that just needs to learn by making mistakes. Doing it, yeah. yeah. Fucking and, uh, it up. Yeah, and it's like sometimes I, you know, I fantasize. Because there's times in my life where I'm like, oh, I could probably tattoo three days a week and do something other, like two days a week or or even do something three days a week and then tattoo two days a week and like reverse the role and go work in, you know, the corporate world or, you know, I have friends that work at, you know, like app companies that I could probably go do some graphic design for or do some engineering for them because I know how to code a little bit. But I'm like, I don't, I wouldn't want to do that for them. I want to just do it for myself so I could just be in the position I want to be in. And if it fails, then it's my fault, you yeah. know? Yeah, that's that's crazy. So what, like, I think that having the the willingness to just go go for something and it's, when I was growing up, I kind of felt like it was zero sum game or like binary. It's like you're either fucking up or mm-hmm. you're doing good. Like right. you're on track to be like a really a positive person, good member of society. You're going to have a great job or you're just like a bum. Right. And if I would have known, like looking back at how old I am now, thinking of 17, 18 year old me, how big that chunk of time is like yeah. how much opportunity there is to like try this yeah and fuck it up and then try that and fuck it up yeah. i probably would have tried a lot more stuff well i think about like my, you know my wife who's a writer tells me talks to me about like other writers right how like um jk rowling the lady who wrote you know yep. harry, harry potter, potter how many times she failed and how broke and poor she was and then stephen king about you know he had so many rejection letters when he sent it to editors that uh he could like he could cover every inch of his office with rejection letters. Do you know what I mean? And I remember there was one time where he wrote the book Carrie, I think it was, and he like he got a rejection letter and he was like, "Well, this shit is trash. I'm just gonna throw it." In the t-. So he threw it away. And his wife was like, "Well, forget this. I'm gonna, cause you know, I'm just gonna like, I'm gonna send it for him." And that's the book that you know made him famous. Yeah. And because it was like sometimes it's just right time, right place, right person sees it. And I think a lot of times in my career. Like, I even think about how I got into tattooing. It wasn't because I was talented, right? The, the kid who dropped out of everything. You know, I never could hold down a real job because I kept dropping out of stuff. Um, and I think it was just because I didn't realize at a young age I just had to be my own boss. You know, and I think it was more or less. I always thought it was because I had an ego or something. And I, don't, I know it's not that. I'm, and I know I like working with people. I think it was just like I 
now that I'm older, I realize I just have to be my own boss. But um, but to go back to like when I was getting into tattoos, like I just had to be at the right time, right place, and it had to be the right conversation. Because I remember the guy who was teaching me. You know, there was a point where he started like being a little bit more transparent with me and talking to me about how many other people came in who are way more talented yeah. that wanted apprenticeships. You know what I mean? But he was like, that's what they did. They would come in without even having a conversation or even getting tattoos from me and come in and be like, I want, are you guys apprenticing? Mm-hmm. And he would be like, you know, there's, there's a, he would just be like, well, there's no respect. Like you don't want, you don't have any of my work on you. You don't, right. you don't even come in and have a conversation first. That's what you lead the conversation with. So he was like, you know, you came in, you were getting work done by me. And I'm the one who engaged the conversation about you working for me. You know, and I think I was like, that was my, that's why I was lucky to get yeah. into what I got into. That's, I mean, that's a really good knowledge. Cause like, if you're look at one of those other people, it's like, you don't have anything to do with this culture. Yeah. You're just, I feel that this is like such a petty, stupid example or whatever, yeah. but I feel that way when people come in, we don't really have a community board here, yeah. but people want to put up posters for an event that they're having. Oh, right, right. And I've like never seen them before. Yeah. You know? And they're like, hey, can we put this poster up? And I'm like, who are you? Yeah, have you have you bought coffee here? You Which know, is like, you not know. to be like a hater or yeah. whatever, but it, it's like they're like, yeah, it'd be really good for the neighborhood. And I'm like, I don't even, I've never seen you in this neighborhood. Like, that's the way I see it. It's like I, I just maybe I just have a different mindset. I feel like if if you know we get that too of like people who want to do it in our shop, you know, put up you know flyers of their bands and stuff like that. But like they've never come in and got work done. Maybe they don't want to wear tattoos. That's fine. You know, but they never even came in and said hi ever before. And yeah. Wanna, and I, I'm totally about promoting business in a neighborhood and stuff. But at the same time, um, if they don't know our aesthetics and then they put up stuff that's not our aesthetics, I'm like, I'm, I also just tell them, I'm like, I may take it down. Right. I may I may take it down if I read it and it's something that's just not going to flow our aesthetics. Well, I used to feel bad about it because I was like, am I being just a dick? But then I'm like, no, every everything is everything is a two way street. And yeah. it's not like these things are bad things yeah. or like I don't agree with the cause or whatever but just like you're saying how you got the job like you can't just roll and be like hey i want to work here yeah and yeah. it's like, what, like you don't even know who we are like yeah. you don't know what we do i've never seen you maybe like, it's an old-fashioned thing what's like going a, on maybe a, a code a code of etiquette you know what i mean it's one of those things i think it's one of those like you should just kind of you know first come in and look the person in the eye and shake their hand and say hi yeah. and then yeah. then start talking about what you want or try to sell your product do you know what i mean i think people kind of forgot that i don't know if i was necessarily good at that but i definitely knew to like not say too much and uh um be a little bit more quiet and um maybe um you know i i knew what i wanted i just knew when the opportunity comes i'm gonna jump on it but yeah. i'm not gonna push for it i don't want to feel like i'm too hungry yeah you know what i mean because i feel like in a lot of people the wrong way yeah yeah and sometimes if you're too hungry you just fail because or you just become that person who's like too desperate yeah i don't like that desperate vibe yeah i mean being a you know uh you know a self-employed you know freelancer i guess you could say artist graphic designer whatever tattoo artist um um i feel like you kind of have to stay a little hungry and you have to kind of like try to move on to the next project to the next project you know and kind of keep yourself motivated to like um keep getting new work but at the same time, I felt like there also is like people pick up on when you're desperate. Right. And I, like nobody wants to hire the person who's desperate. People always want to hire the person who's doing good. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But also, so the way I try to approach assignments usually is like like putting up my art somewhere, you know, or I'll kind of go in and be a customer first. And then I'm like, hey, I see you have art. Can I put up my art here? And I'll kind of lead it with that. And then usually I'll try to engage the conversation later once I get to know some people. I'll be like we'll start talking about t-shirts or graphic design. I'm like, 
I could do that because now they know me. They know what I do, and they're kind of like they see my art, and maybe they're more interested in doing more. Yeah, and at yeah. that level, just speaking from our own experience, those things almost come from the other side. Yeah. To where I know you've made merch before, but you know your paintings are all over the cafes. Yeah. And then for us, it's like, oh, we should do a mug. Yeah. Oh, we should do this thing. Like, we should do a clean canteen, and those things just kind of blossom out of nowhere. At that point, you don't have to sell yourself on anything. Like yeah. the relationships there, everyone's got good rapport, and it's just like great on both ends i believe in you know like i kind of have this like philosophy for myself at least is the long game you know like i could be a little bit more hungry and push for the assignments or the projects that i want whether i do them myself or i do them for another company like either it's you guys or somebody else and be like hey you guys should do this i could do the design for you you know what i mean but at the same time I, I believe like if i think about what i think would be good for them and maybe come up with some concepts that's already, I don't want to sound all hippie, but it's like in the universe, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then like eventually it's funny how th assignments or projects come when me just, when I just think about it, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to think about it. I'm going to like visualize that it's real and I'm going to actually do something. I'm going to like write it down or actually design it. And then all of a sudden that project will come along. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, then you can entertain the idea of like, okay, shit, now how do I do this really? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> there's like a spectrum. You're probably one of the softest sellers that i've ever met yeah well so i try you know you're like I, so chill about it and like from my i don't even know if you want any advice from me but my perspective from yeah. you is that like you could probably go a little harder and yeah. still come off as like really respectful i think my and, wife says the same thing like you kind, know you know you're like nowhere near that verge of being like oh nick's just one of those like hyper aggressive yeah artist guys i think it's one of those things like finding the balance right finding the balance of time and life and people and you know family and work and um I think I need to find the balance of that too. Sometimes I do feel like I don't want to come off too much of a car salesman, but maybe I come off a little too soft sometimes. Do you know what I mean? Where I'm like, so I'd like my balance, my challenge every day is to kind of like be somewhere in the middle. Right. If I can try to hit those targets in the middle and be like kind of push for what I want, but not push too hard. And that's, that's hard. you know what I mean? Finding that pro that balance. I'm sure you, maybe you guys deal with it in a similar situation. I mean, it's all, I have to find that balance with, employees more than yeah. anybody and that's the biggest challenge for me because yeah. i love the freedom of having an organization that's you know that we grew or whatever mm -hmm. more than a regular job but i never never wanted to be anybody's boss right that was never my intention this is out of necessity for me and even if you look at all the stuff that I did in coffee before that, like I always got away with never, I've never managed a cafe right. in my life. Right. So I've always taken the turn into education or teaching or these other aspects of the coffee business where I like, I'm not the guy that like can make the schedule. I'm right. not the dude that's diffusing these little situations that happen all the time. That stuff makes me really uncomfortable yeah. and I'm still getting comfortable with, how how do you communicate in a way that's friendly but not too friendly? How yeah. do you hold people accountable without killing their spirit? How, right. Like, how do you juggle that? How can I maintain a good relationship with people that I really like yeah. and at the same time keeping that respect open to where people want to do their best work for you and they don't just see you as like, oh, yeah, Chris, my homie, it's whatever. Right. It's like chill because I don't like – I don't like that super chill vibe anyway. Where like yeah. I want to be friends with everybody. I, I really do, but like I really want to get work done. Yeah. And that makes like seeing progress and those things like makes 
that's what gets me super juiced. Yeah. I'm like, let's fucking kill it. Like, yeah. let's go in. And to yeah. go in, you need to direct traffic a little more. You need to point people in the right direction. So, yeah, I I, think I trip out on that all the time. Well, it's cool. I mean, I could maybe as an outsider looking at your situation, you know, you're getting yourself in a position that the person who hires or the person you hire, they know you. They know your aesthetics. They know who you want to work with. So they hire the type of people that they know that not just is good for the company that know that will work and flourish in the environment that you guys are creating. You know what I mean? I feel like it's the same for my job. Like never wanted to apprentice anybody, you know? Um, but it was one of those things like, um, I've had so many people that wanted to apprentice. I just kept saying, no, you know what I mean? And it's one of those things, you know, I always dreaded if my kids ever asked me, you know, oh, <laughs> like, gee, thank God I'm young. Yeah. I, hope, I hope I'm retired by the time they do that. But, but it's like one of the things we, you know, we have a couple people in our shop that apprenticed in our shop. You know, I, I feel like the founder took a little bit more of the responsibility of being their actual teacher, but I feel like I had a lot, I th feel like it was like, like a, a universal like shop apprenticeship where they learn from everybody in the shop. Like we kind of all taught them, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, and I felt like that was like the best way. But the cool thing is, is that they would have never gotten a job if they, they weren't like our cup of tea, you know, not like they, they were our shop person for a long time before. So there was like, um, like, a um what is it like in normal jobs there's like a probation period where like they kind of like oh yeah they work yeah. for you for a little bit before you actually we're like okay you we're gonna like apprentice you days and yeah. yeah yeah so it's like with the shop usually it's like a year and then they're like okay we haven't scared you off by now we'll, we'll kind of we'll all teach you yeah. you know the cool thing is is like i guess i kind of got lucky because i'm not the founder of the shop so i never really i'm like if it if it crashes and burns it's still not my problem but it's one of those things i have enough respect for the shop that it would never get that because i think I've been there so long that I would never let it get. I would step in then. I mean, you know? it seems like you take a lot of ownership of the shop just yeah. from our previous conversation. Yeah. It's like you're actively invested in the way it feels and who yeah. ends up there and all that. Yeah, because it can, you know, fuck up your whole vibe and your whole clientele and aesthetics. You know what I mean? It take years of trying to, trying to, uh, um, you know, build that. And, and it can just disappear overnight one person can just ruin it for you right that's why i think it's a, you can't have that attitude to where it's like not my shop not yeah, my problem because right. it actually is your problem it is you know yeah. if shitty people start showing up in the shop that's like killing your vibe it's yeah. killing the vibe of people who want to do work for you and then yeah. all of a sudden the whole thing's just fucked yeah it's like funny because like you know when i do graphic design it's like i'm by myself you know I me mean? so a lot of it it's like it's so cool when i like when i'm working in a, in a tattoo shop when i know the vibe of me and the customer isn't really working but i know they're still going to get work done by me there you know like somebody else that i work with will kind of come in and kind of create and like change the environment or kind of steer the conversation a little bit more even though i'm doing the work for the person right kind of like, like someone's chat. got your back a little yeah, bit yeah yeah but in graphic design i felt like it's easy for me to like totally ruin the relationship you know I me mean, with my own quirkiness you know so i usually um it's usually all business for me and it's easier that way i don't think i'd want to work with somebody in that because i felt like i kind of got to a point where I just want to do my thing, yeah. you know, um, and, and I just, and it's okay to have distance there too. I yeah. mean, there's no distance in tattooing, yeah. right? Like no, if you're yeah. on someone's arm, you're on their arm and yeah. like, you're like locked in for two or three hours. You're with this person. Right. Right. It's, and you, you, you know, you definitely hear about a lot of crazy shit, you know what I mean? So oh, I can't even imagine. You almost feel like a therapist at times. I don't think you know? I could do it. I'd be like too, it would make me too, give me too much anxiety I yeah think. like oh god i don't know yeah but you know what's cool is like you know i'm sure you could relate to that with like customers that come in or people you work with that you know they come in they have their own baggage or they have their own problems and it's kind of cool 
if you don't let it affect you that you, you kind of do feel like you're you can listen and be a helper and it's you know in a small way you know what i mean you're yeah. like it's kind of cool that for me with like tattoos i feel like a lot of times people just need it they're like oh i just i just need to kind of like get tattooed and talk to you for a minute you know and it's, it's i guess i could relate that to like even doing graphic design right like i'm kind of doing a service for people usually because there's of there's like something that they can't do you know what i mean or they don't or they have enough confidence to do so then i'm i kind of get to do that for them and we kind of have like it's almost like they want to vent to you about why they can't do it or whatever and then it's kind of cool because then you're like oh i'm part of the family yeah there's not a ton of safe spaces for dudes like that really yeah. i mean we've talked about the idea of the barbershop on the podcast before and oh right yeah i actually just went to this little place across from abbott downtown this woman jenna lee owns it and it's a it's like a wellness spa like i went right. to do some skin stuff and yeah. she's like how do I get more guys in here? Like guys right. don't want to come. And I was like, it's kind of scary for dudes, you yeah. know? And you look at the the marketing and the promotional materials and all the stuff for that, those kinds of things. And it's, it's generally geared towards women and, and guys aren't very open. You know, guys have like big egos that so they don't yeah. want. It's, it's hard for me to talk to you about the shit that's bugging me. Right. right, right I'm yeah. like, not really just going to come out and be yeah. like, Hey man, here's how I'm feeling. Right, right, it feels yeah. kind of weird. But if you're tattooing me yeah. or if we're in the barbershop or if we're in this space yeah. that feels like, okay, we're in like this little cocoon right now. We have this bond going. I can kind of unload it's a on you, man. whatever. Yeah. And like, you're not going to judge me. And yeah. it's like the unwritten laws. It's funny. Cause I, when I got into the business, I didn't expect that. I thought we would just listen to music and I would just get into the zone and just no conversation whatsoever, you know? But, um, I started realizing that it's really important to actually have communication and like talk to them while you're and then they get kind of you know open with you and that's yeah. kind of awesome you know but i didn't expect it when i got into the business i mean it's literal therapy i feel yeah. like you know sometimes it's hard sometimes you're having a bad day and you're just like dude i don't have time for your shit i just want to work <laughs> on it you know but most of the time it's not like that most of the time it actually makes me realize all my petty problems are little compared to other people's you know what i mean i'm like all right i could get over my my you know, my back hurts. I can get over that. Get a little perspective in yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Someone comes into you fully thrashed and you're like, damn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Life can be crazy. I'm doing pretty good right yeah, now. Yeah. What's like a one piece of advice that you give to someone who's like young and trying to, trying to do some art? Like what would you tell to like 20 year old Nick? Yeah. It's so funny. Cause I, I actually was talking to somebody a couple days ago about that, who was talking about, um, I think they were talking about like some, design or app thing that they want to do and they were talking about how it was already overdone and i was just kind of like just do it like I, I feel like i always had that mentality it's just like if you don't have anything right now then if you fail when you're trying to do what you want to do then what what's the difference all you lose is time maybe a little bit of money but you lose a little bit of time so i feel like i constantly tell myself you know i told myself that when i was younger and i tell myself now it's like if you have an idea like you think you may have to go find the business to go do it in, or you could just do it. And I think I'm just the type of person that's like, I'm just going to go do it. I'm just going to go figure it out. And um, if it doesn't work out, then it's just going to be something, just a little bit of knowledge I got then, and then on to the next project. Yeah. The but, experience is key, I feel like, because people look at things like that and be like, oh, I just lost time and I lost this, but yeah. you gain the experience. Yeah. And I think a lot of people think if they just invest money, right? They're like, I'm just going to invest money and I'm just going to like buy all the right shit, you know, like, or roasting, let's say coffee roasting. Like I started roasting maybe like four or five years ago. I bought like a little popcorn roaster. That's yeah. crap. Right. But it was kind of fun. Like I had the interest in it. I knew I 
I wasn't going to get into business, but I was like, oh, I like coffee. I'm going to try this, you know? So I started just, I just like, I'm just going to do it. You know what I mean? I'm just going to buy this little thing. And then it led into like a couple, about a year into it, I got a better one, you know what I mean? Because somebody gave it to me because they were like, oh, I heard you do it on the side for fun. Here's this. And it, I can, you know, roast more and I can roast it more of a quality. And it's kind of fun. I don't do it all the time, but it was one of those things like, I never thought I would like want to turn it into a business. I just thought I was like, I'm just going to do it. I have interest in this. It could lead into something if I ever get so burnt with tattooing or graphic design, I just decide to quit. I have a little bit of knowledge now because I'm just doing it. Instead of being like having that nervous breakdown and quitting and then being like, oh shit, what do I do now? Right. I have no other interests. So I'm like, to me, it's like, if you have a little interest and a bunch of little things, you should just figure out ways of always trying to do it. And then if you want to make money doing those, then I, for me at least, it's just you start figuring out the little avenues of making money doing it. Right. I never thought 22 years of tattooing. I always thought it was going to be a job that I really enjoyed. I would be covered, but I never thought I would do it for 22 years. Cause I thought it would be a time where I would have to get another job. I would have to, I would have kids and a wife and I would be like, Oh, I, I need to get like, it's like almost like get out of that garage band and kind of actually right. get a real job. You, you know, and I was official. Like, yeah. And I was like, okay, I got to get official, but you know, I'm still doing it. And it's one of those things like, and it, it's year to year, but, or week to week even, but, um, it's still working out, you know what I mean? And so I feel like you just got to do it and not worry, you know? And that's what I would tell myself when I was younger. And I still tell myself. That's dope, dude. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Thank you for, for coming. Sure. Where, where can people find you if they want to check uh, your stuff out? I, you know, I'm still in the middle of, um, doing a website, but I have an Instagram. So it's just at Nick Varg. V-A-R-G. Cool. We'll yeah. A link down there. And, um, that's mainly it. I kind of treat, I have a graphic design Instagram and then I have it linked to my tattoo Instagram. Um, and uh, if you want to see my tattoos, it's kind of catered for that. And then my graphic design is kind of catered to that. And then you can see pictures that I do outside of graphic design too and art that I, you know, pictures of my dog or my kids or whatever. So um, yeah, if you want to see more of that. And if someone's looking to get a hold of you, is like messaging you through there the best way to do yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Email because my email is on there. Okay. Or you can message me through there. And don't, don't, I'm not the person that, my life is pretty much my business. So it's one of those things like it's, there's no etiquette. If you want to message me on there, that's cool. If you want to email me, that's cool. Whatever's easier. It's all good. Yeah. Well, dude, cool. thanks for coming. Awesome. Thank Hell you. Yeah, I hope bro. it was fun. Yeah. Dude, Thank you, man. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. I'm excited. Cool. Oh, yeah. We went for like an hour. Cool. Signing off. Like right around there. Like. Oh, awesome cool it's awesome yeah yeah it's awesome yeah so i'm stoked on that you know what i mean i mean it's good like good shit lasts forever awesome hell yeah bro dude <laughs>